Let's look tonight in the book of 1 Kings, and we're going to try to finish up the thought we began last Wednesday night, and um, do coach your prayers, and ask you to pray for me tonight as I attempt to preach. And The Bible says this, let's look at verse number 7, and if you're able and willing, would you stand with us as we read the word of the Lord? 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse number 7, and as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him. And fell on his face and said, Art thou that art thou that my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me, but I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel... Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now thou sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will, sure, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went to Ahab I went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Father God, Lord, I bow my head before you tonight, needing your help, your touch, and your power. And I pray, Lord, tonight you'd clear my mind and my heart and allow me to be a mouthpiece that you can speak through tonight. Lord, I don't want anyone to leave here thinking about me or talking about me. Lord, I want everybody to leave thinking about you and talking about you. And I pray, Lord, as we look at these three characters in the Word of God, that, Lord, whichever one we're the most like, Lord, I pray we'd be willing to be honest about it. And, Lord, if we're not what you want us to be, I pray we get right tonight before we leave. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. And um, last week, we began preaching from these verses on these three characters. And Elijah is on the road to Mount Carmel. Uh, the pinnacle, really, the high point of his ministry on earth where he called fire down from heaven and proved God was alive to Israel. And that should be all of our desire, is to prove God's alive. And, um, and how do we prove God's alive? We prove it in our daily lives. By living a life that's pleasing to Him. By When trouble comes, we don't react and respond the way the world does, but we patiently trust the Lord and live for Him. And uh, so he's on the road to Mount Carmel, and... On the road to Mount Carmel, we, we meet these three different characters. I began last week preaching on this thought, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I said last week, was going, they tell you in preaching, and they treat, and they, in homiletics, they say, always end on a positive note. And that's probably is good advice. But I'm sorry tonight, it ain't going to end that way. You understand what I'm saying? I, I just want to give it, you know, the, it don't sound as good, the ugly, the bad, and the good. That just don't, don't have no ring to it, you know. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Last week we talked about Elijah. I'm not going to preach all this again, but 
Perhaps maybe you forgot, but Elijah, without question, is a good man. Elijah was a good man. What was good about him, it wasn't Elijah, but it was God's hand on Elijah's life. Elijah came from nothing. Amen. You don't know anything about his, his birth. You don't hear anything about his childhood. He stepped right out of nothing and began preaching like thus saith the Lord. I said last week, Elijah, Elijah was a courageous man. He had courage. He had backbone. Amen. He had grit. He had determination. He would not be intimidated by the political powers of his day. He would not be uh, hushed by the voice of false prophets. But yet in a day when men and women were running from God, Elijah was willing to stand and be a mouthpiece that spoke for God. That should be all of our desire, to be a courageous man or woman. And I said last week that he patiently waited on the Lord. Three long years he didn't do a thing but wait on God. And, I, and listen, and I, I, I'm not going to re-preach it because we got somewhere to get in the text tonight, but learn early to wait on God. I, I really believe it's, it, that's something you have to learn to do. It's not natural. None of us like to wait. Uh, it's farm season now, you know, and I thank God for farmers. I'm hoping they get everything planted before diesel gets the $10 a gallon, you know what I'm saying? But anyhow, they, uh, but brother, uh, Justin, uh, you get behind them plows and those tractors and, and uh, man, you know, what do you, I mean, it, it, does it not, does it not drive anybody? And, you know, I'm starting to wonder uh, if I might have missed the will of God about complaining about this road now that we're having to drive uh, through Wingo. But anyhow, patiently waiting on the Lord. Listen, God doesn't hurry up for anybody. He works on his own time and in his own way. He personally listened to the Lord. The Bible says the word three times in chapter 17 and, and in chapter 18, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And I want you to know tonight that God wants to speak to you just like he wanted to speak to Elijah. I believe that. I believe the sheep hear his voice even today. And how does God speak? He speaks through his word. I believe that's why we want to be on. I know it's Wednesday night, so this is beating a dead horse, and this is not. But, but you're here tonight, hopefully, because you hope that you'll hear from the Lord. Yeah. We said that <coughs> Elijah, sorry, I've been sharpening lawnmower blades all day and got that, those metal frat. But anyway, he persistently walked for the Lord. Walking with God, serving God wasn't just a hobby for Elijah. It was a lifestyle. When God said go, he went. When God said do, he did. He lived a life of obedience. And listen, I, I know people get caught up in Old Testament, and I believe, in, I believe in there's differences in covenants and all that, but the same rules in the Old Testament were obey and you'll be blessed, disobey and you'll be cursed. And in the New Testament, it's the same. The Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall reap of the Spirit life everlasting. That is the very same principle. If you do bad, you're going to reap bad. If you do good, you'll reap good. If you obey, God will bless you. If you disobey, then God will bring judgment on your life. Now, tonight I want us to look at this second character. Now, last week I told you that uh, Elijah was a good man uh, and that Ahab was the ugly man, and Obadiah was the bad man. But I've, I've changed my mind. I believe Ahab's the bad man. Here's the reason why. 
Because I believe you could debate about Obadiah. Everybody in here, if you were looking and, and just, I'm talking about just read the verses in chapter number 18 and, and, and just, just read it and, and try to understand it. There would be, and in fact, and how, you say, how do you know? Because I, I've got, I read tons of books. And if you read one commentator, you read, one of them says Obadiah was a good man. Another one says he was a bad man. They, even they can't make up their mind. And so here's what I'm saying. There is question about Obadiah. We could say he was a good man. And you could also say he was a bad man. But Ahab, Ahab, nobody believes he was a good man. <laughs> Everybody agrees Ahab was an ugly, ugly, bad man. <laughs> I'm messing this sermon all up. He was a bad man, a bad, bad man. Anyway, he was a corrupted man. Why was he bad? Because he was corrupt to the core. Ahab was the epitome of vile, evil, cruel, and wickedness. There was nothing good about him. He hated God and anyone associated with God. And I want you to know tonight, the world is full of Ahabs. And notice the position he held. He was a king. And the Bible talks about we war against powers and spirit in high places. I want you to know this world is run by Ahabs. Corrupt people, evil people, vile people. And the king of Israel, number one, it was not God's will that they had a king to begin with. You remember the story? They said, we want a king. God intended for him to be their king. Israel was meant to be a, 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 a theocracy where God was king, where God gave them instructions, where God led and they followed. But that wasn't good enough for them. And, and I want to help you with something tonight. Whenever you want more than God, then you want something you don't need. They weren't satisfied with God. They wanted something else, so they got King Saul. You know how that went? Saul was the people's choice. David was God's choice. And anyhow, everybody, and, and by the way, uh, Saul loved David as long as he was playing the harp and killing giants. And most people, they love Jesus when he's making them feel good and when he's killing the enemy in their life. But God, listen to me, Jesus wants to be king all the time. Saul wanted David to play the harp and kill giants, but he didn't want David to be king. But anyhow, so we know what happened. It went down to the sons of David, uh, the, uh, Solomon, and then after Solomon, Jeroboam, Rehoboam, and there was a split in the kingdom, the ten northern tribes, uh, 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 Israel, and then the two southern tribes uh, become the nation of Judah. And now Ahab, he's the king of Israel. Jehoshaphat, he's the king of Judah. It's a big old mess. I mean, it's a huge mess. It's, uh, it's not right. And, and, but the truth is, Ahab, of all the bad men they had, he had to be the worst. See, how you know? Because God said he was. There's bad people in the world tonight, and they want to ruin you, and they want to ruin me. They, they thrive off of, of vile. They, they thrive off of dirty. They thrive off of evil. And that's exactly who Ahab was. And he sat in a high place. Oh, no, it says, I'm going to hurry, the biography of his life. Look in verse 30 of chapter 16. Turn back a couple pages. Chapter 16 and verse number 30. It says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all 
that were before him. In verse 33, and Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. I want you to think about the bog of his life. The Bible says in verse 30 that the Lord, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. I want you to know tonight God's keeping records. And there's nothing hid from the eyes of God. But Ahab lived his life in such a way that he gave no thought or he gave no concern to the fact that he, and by the way, we're all writing our own biography. And when someone dies, it's too late to preach the funeral. It's already been preached. And Ahab, God said, when God wrote down in the word of God about him, he said, he's the worst one I've ever seen. Amen. And God had seen them all. And oh, listen, what a horrible title that is to carry. And I want you to know that's how sin is, though, how corruption is. It, it don't just stop. How, listen to me, Ahab did not just wake up corrupt. I don't, believe, I don't believe that at all. I believe in the early days of his life, he had a wicked dad named Omri, and he grew up in a, in a lifestyle around things that were evil, and he fell in love with that. He became enamored with that. He began to allow that in his life. And one day on the throne of Israel, the Satan, the devil used him to corrupt an entire nation. The biography of his life. Now look at verse 31 of chapter 16. I want you to see this. He's a corrupt man. He's a corrupt man because of the biography of his life. I think about this. He's a corrupt man because of the bride that he loved. So he took to a wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel. Anything's got Baal in it's bad. Can I help you all with that? I'm not, I mean, is there anybody named Isabel in here? I should have thought, I should have asked that question before I said that. Is that your middle name, honey? You know, Isabel's. Okay, praise the Lord. If you do name a girl Isabel, don't spell B-E-L or B-A-L. Spell B-I-L, like Bill. Isabel. That'll work. Now, let me just say something. I'm going I'm to give you this in the most... Suave, smooth way I can about Jezebel. She was a huzzy with a capital H-U-Z-Z-Y. She was evil. She was a wicked woman. She hate, now listen to this. Jezebel didn't hate preachers. She hated preachers that didn't tell her what she wanted to hear. And she hated people who didn't do what she wanted them to do. And listen to me, I believe that Ahab was henpecked. I believe Jezebel was the real one running the kingdom. But, and, and Ahab was just the one that, that she had on the, on the, on the strings. But, but the truth of the matter is, listen to me now, the truth of the matter is you can tell a lot about a man by the person he loves. We can blame Jezebel if we want to, but Ahab loved her. Ahab loved her. I'm talking about he loved that type of a person. And I want you to know tonight, you friend, you children, young people, be careful who you fall in love with. And, and be careful what you fall in love with. Because listen, Jezebel, Jezebel, she was a wicked, vile woman and she did nothing to help her husband do right, but she encouraged and fanned the flames of evil in his heart. You know how she died, don't you? She was standing in front of her and she painted her face. And no, I ain't, ain't going to make up. Don't take it up. But she was painting her face. 
And as she was painting her face, they come in and pushed her out the window. I heard it, my brother Mark preached the message when I was a teenager. I'll never forget it on going to hell looking good. Amen. I want to tell you something. There's not enough makeup in the world to cover up someone as evil as Jezebel. I think about he was a corrupt man because of the bog of his life. I think about he was a corrupt man because of the bride that he loved. I mean, if he was not corrupt, he never would have married this woman. I'm telling you, somewhere he would have seen a bad sign. Amen. I remember when Kim and I was dating and engaged and all that. It's kind of all what happened. It happened so fast. But, but I mean, I had all these preachers, you know, and I've been, you know, you believe what you want, but I believe that sometimes we overcomplicate things. You know what I'm saying? Amen. I, I believe love's a decision. I believe it's a choice. And I, I, but anyhow, I had these people. You better make sure. You better make sure. You better make sure. Be sure. Make sure. You know, that, like when I come up there, are you sure about that? Like, well, I mean, yeah. But, but, but I remember I was, I was looking for a sign. I was looking for a sign. You know what I mean? I was looking for a sign. Amen. The only sign I seen, she was pretty. Amen. She loved me. But anyhow, good thing she wasn't a Jezebel. But, but you know, if Ahab was not a bad, bad man, he would have seen a sign somewhere. Maybe he got her and was going to go buy her snow cone. And maybe they got there and the guy said the snow cone machine's broke. And she reached in there and cussed him like a dog, said, you low down. Ahab, there had to be a sign somewhere. This woman ain't the right kind. But you know what? That's what he loved. Because that's what he was. Look at this, verse seven, chapter 17, or verse chapter 18. And the Bible says, Ahab said, now it ain't rained in three years, remind you. And I want to remind you why it hadn't rained. Because Elijah prayed for it not to rain. And Elijah told Ahab that he was going to pray that it not rain, and it wasn't going to rain, and it didn't rain. So do you understand, it's very obvious now why it ain't raining. Because of Ahab. And Ahab, I'm not going to read it because I'm trying to hurry, but in verse 5 and 6, he says, all right, I got a plan, Obadiah. He said, you go that way and I'll go this way. Let's go try to find a mud hole somewhere. Let's go try to find a patch of grass because guess what? All the grass had died and all the water dried up. He said, you go this way and you go that way. And the Bible don't tell us, and I just believe it's, it's safe to assume they never found a mud hole. They never found no grass. You know what he found? Obadiah ran head in to the man of God. Yeah. And here's what I'm trying to say. You know he's corrupt by the biography of his life. God said he was. You know he was corrupt. You know he's a bad man because of the bride that he loved. But you also know he's a bad man or a corrupt man because of the blindness in which he lived. He is so blind that he cannot even, he will not admit or, or he will not acknowledge in fact, either there's one of two things. Either, either he knew it and he was just so proud he wouldn't admit it, or he, had, he was ignorant and he had no idea. He was so blind by his own sin that he couldn't even see how foolish he really was. All he had to do was get down before God and repent of his sin and say, I've been a wicked king. I've been an evil king. I've been a horrible king. Remember, we preached on Manasseh and how God forgave him and restored him and brought him back. And Manasseh did some bad things in his life. Manasseh offered his own children on the altar, burned them alive. But yet God forgave him and God restored him. I believe the same God that forgave Manasseh and restored Manasseh would have forgiven Ahab and restored Ahab. Have, but there's one thing about it without repentance there's no forgiveness and there's no restoration Amen. 
I know it's not popular in the world we live, you know, especially the church world. We just say, well, just, you know, we got to forgive them. You, yeah, we forgive them when they acknowledge and repent. Right. So what the Bible says, Luke, Luke, I believe, 17. And, and the truth of the matter is, Ahab was so blind. He's so blind that he's going on this wild goose chase trying to find water and find grass. Trying to find, by the way, he never found what he was looking for. And that's the way this lost world is tonight. They're running around looking for something that only God has. They're looking for something that only God can provide. They're looking for something that comes from above, not from below. Amen. Ahab was looking around down here for something that could only come from up there. Yeah. And he didn't find what he was looking for. And I want you to know tonight, if you're not saved, I, I know it's Wednesday night. I know it's vacation season. I know that this is the, the backbone of the church that's here. But maybe there's somebody here tonight that's not saved. Uh, you can look for it for the rest of your life and you'll never find it down here. This world doesn't have what you're looking for. I'll tell you what this world has disappointment, discouragement it has, it has heartache and heartbreak and that's all there is down here but yet Ahab would not look up to God Amen. verse 17 of chapter 18 I'm hurrying whether you believe it or not verse number 17 of chapter number 18 and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah Ahab said unto him art thou he that troubleth Israel I want to say this. I want to say he's corrupt because of the brother that he loathed. He hated Elijah. He hated him. You say, how do you know? Well, you look back in verse number uh, 10. It tells us that Obadiah said, hey, Elijah, while you were gone, Ahab's gone to every kingdom around here looking for you, asking where you are. And by the way, he wasn't wanting Elijah to come over there and, and do a Bible study. I believe it probably, probably Jezebel was agging him on. You better find that preacher. Uh -huh. That's about the way it works, ain't it, Brother David? Amen. It's about the way it works, don't it? Yes, sir. Have you ever had somebody come and say, my wife wanted me to talk to you? Uh -huh. Right there is where I want to say, buddy, that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> and Ahab sent him all around. And, and he's wanting to kill him. And Elijah finally does show up. And here's, the, here's it's not how you're doing, Elijah. I ain't seen you in three years. Elijah, please pray for us. Elijah, would you please help me? I'm not right. I've learned my lesson. I've learned. From, nope. He said, you're the problem. Yep. <laughs> he said, you're the one that's troubled Israel. He said, you're the troubler of Israel. And I, I want you to know tonight, corrupt people hate men and women who tell the truth. Amen. And by the way, Elijah was just doing what God told him to do. When Elijah prayed for it not to rain, do you think that was Elijah's wants? No, it made his life hard. And by the way, sometimes the truth will make life hard on you. And by the way, I found in my life it's much easier to preach truth that don't affect me. Most preachers, brother Dave, you know, they'll plow hard and deep and wide when it comes to everything else but their own life. And most people like preaching that plows hard on any and everything but what's going on in their own life. But Elijah wasn't that type of man. Amen. Elijah was the type of man that he would drop the plow wherever God said planted. Amen. 
And this man Ahab hated him. He tried to kill him. He wanted him dead. Amen. He wanted him gone. I, I, I mean, and, and he killed a bunch of other men of God in the process trying to put fear. But there wasn't no putting fear in Elijah. He wasn't scared to die. Amen. I'm just telling you now, how can we know? Listen, I, and I know I'm a preacher and it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back tooting my own arm. But I'm not saying, I'm saying that because the Word of God shows it over and over and over again. You better be careful. You better be cautious when it comes to, uh, 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 what's the word for it? Uh, joining up and agreeing with people who are constantly against and despise the man of God. Preacher ain't always right. But he ain't always wrong neither. And by the way, Ahab had preachers too. You know what, what's going to happen here in a little bit? They're all going to die. 650 of them are going to die. Oh, but anyway, that's a whole other message for next week or next. Look, turn over to chapter 22. It's just 745, y'all. What time you got on that new watch, Brother Hobbs? That's off. That man that you got off of must not put new batteries in it before he went up to the funeral home. He's just trying to rush me. Boy. Anyhow, 2 Kings 22. I want you to see this. He's a corrupt man. The bride of his life. The bride they love. The life they live. The brother they love. Now look here. Chapter 22 and verse 29. I want you to see this. If I could find it, I'd show you. I think I'm in the wrong. I'm in 1 Kings 22. I tricked y'all. 1 Kings. Is anybody in 1 Kings 22? Dylan, stand up with that booming voice. And 1 Kings 22 and verse 29. Start reading right there, and I'll say, whoa, when I'm done. Now stop. Read verse. Um, so Ahab, he's such a good friend of Jehoshaphat. Hey, Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was actually a pretty good king, but he was a fool for hanging out with Ahab. And by the way, you hang around Ahab and you'll get hurt too. Ahab said, I got a good idea. You're going to love it. Jehoshaphat said, what? What? He had to be gullible because he's there with Ahab. What? There's a battle going on. He said, here's what we're going to do. This is my idea. He said, I'll, you put on the king's garments, the robes and the crown and the gold. He said, shine it up, get in that big chair. He said, I'm just going to put on normal clothes. Now, that sounds like a real good idea, ain't it? Now, here's what I think. I think he just wants Jehoshaphat to get killed so he could take over Judah and Israel. And by the way, you better be careful going to battle with Ahab's. And by the way, Ahabs don't go to battle with you. When, when push comes to shove, and, and, Je, and, 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 and old Jehoshaphat, okay, hang on my robe. But guess what? And I'm glad for this. God had mercy on Jehoshaphat and preserved his life. And living right has dividends down the road. 
I believe that. I believe if you serve God faithfully, live for God faithfully, and, and, and you try your best to do for God, if you make a mistake, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about going out, you know, anyway, we call everything a mistake these days, but you understand, if you somehow make a poor choice, unknown, you know, we all make bad choices. I believe God shows more mercy. He'll show more mercy. I, what I'm trying to say is you're building up by doing right. It, 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 it builds up in the long run. And Jehoshaphat's out there, look at me, I'm in battle. And he had to think at some point, this is not a good idea. <laughs> How come all them Syrians are looking at me? He's looking down, and he's got red dots all over him. Yeah. 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 And old Ahab's over there. Riding his horse. Now listen. And it said, I'm not going to read it. Y'all read it. I'm talking about the battle he lost. Here's how he knows corrupt man. Because everything in the world, the odds were against Jehoshaphat. Let's just put it that way. If you said, all right, we got one man who's in disguise, one, who's going to be the first one that gets killed? Jehoshaphat. And Ahab's riding off. We know he's running from the battle. And by the way, that's what Ahab's do. When the arrows start flying, they run. And one of them men took his arrow to kill Jehoshaphat, pulled back on it, and let go. Now, here's what I think. I believe the hand of God got a hold of that arrow. And it went right over Jehoshaphat. I can see him going, whoa. But he didn't have a and away have <laughs> look at that away. Look at that. And boom, right between his back. And he fell over in that chair and he bled out and died right there in that chair. He died doing what he'd done his whole life deceit. It caught up to him. And all I'm saying is tonight, corruption will catch up to you. Nobody gets by with anything. The enemies of God always lose. A bad man, corrupt man. Now quickly, I'm done. This won't take near as long, I promise. Obadiah, ugly man. Ugly man. You say, why is he so ugly? Here's why he's ugly. He's too good to be considered bad, and he's too bad to be considered good. That's ugly. You say, how ugly is that? Well, let me just tell you what God said, or Jesus said. He, it's so ugly, it makes him puke. Revelations 3.16, he said, So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Spew the out of my mouth. I'm not going to give no more acronyms or synonyms to spew the out of my mouth. But you understand what I'm talking about? Up, chuck, hurling, throwing up. That's what I'm talking about. That's what he says. It makes me sick when I see Luke. Lukewarm means it's too cold to be hot, too hot to be cold. And that's exactly who I buy. In fact, Obadiah was so confused, he didn't really know if he was good or bad. He couldn't decide whose side he was on. He was a compromised man. And listen to me tonight, there's, I believe there's more Obadiahs in the church in these days. Than, and I believe that's really the main, I believe Obadiah will do more to hurt revival in a church and hinder revival in a church than Ahab's ever will. Because Obadiah, listen to me now, Obadiah, I, I'm going to hurry. Obadiah, how do we know? How do we know he was a, a compromising? Number one, his occupation. It said in verse number three, he was a governor in Ahab's house. I'm not going to beat around, but I'm just going to tell you, you don't become second in charge in Ahab's house without being a compromiser. He didn't get that, what, get that position by saying, bless God, Jezebel, let me tell you something. Oh, no. I'd say he's in there, hey, Miss Jezzy. And by the way, don't ever name your dog, cat, I mean, chickens, frogs, gerbils, uh, ferrets, pigs, goats. Never name one Jezebel. I just had a guy send me a friend because he's a coon hunter named Judas. I said, uh-uh, not today, Satan. Amen. 
Tells me a lot about that family. Anyway, he was a good. Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. Lot didn't get that, that way by going down there and tearing down rainbow flags in Sodom and Gomorrah. He got it by walking in one of them parades. <laughs> Compromise. His occupation. I want you to know something. I'm hurrying. No position the world has to offer is worth compromising God's word. And, and I, again, I know I talk about these kids, but I just have such a heart for them. Don't ever take a job that's going to cause you to have to compromise truth. I understand we're in the world, not other world, but if it's going to be a constant pressure on you and you're going to be in day, you're better off making less money and being known by fewer people and, and putting yourself, and he got himself in this position. He was the governor of the house and he fell in love with that. But the truth of the matter is he lost his integrity. He lost his honor because he was yoked up with Ahab. That's right. His occupation. But then I think about this. He was a comrade because of his intimidation. Now, the Bible says in verse 3, in the last part now, this is in parentheses. It's almost like God said, now i got to tell you this. Because if it wasn't for me telling you this, you wouldn't know it. But he feared God greatly. But there's only one problem here. His intimidation is, Elijah said, go tell Ahab I'm here. And he said, he'll kill me. He's going to kill me. Here's the problem. When Ahab told him to go do something, he did it. When, when Elijah told him to do something, he cried, said he didn't, he didn't go with it. Here, here's the problem is, he feared God greatly there in chapter, I'm not arguing with the Bible. He did fear God greatly, but he feared Ahab more. I believe there's a lot of people in Washington, D.C. that fear God, but they fear politicians more. They fear CNN. They fear the Washington Post. They fear every one of them. Just put anyone. They fear that more than they fear God. He feared God, but he said, oh, but Ahab. He was scared. And by the way, the Bible says Proverbs 29 and 25, the fear of a man is a snare. A snare. And I'm not talking about running around here, you know, shaking your fist and bless God, I ain't scared of you. I'm not talking about that. I ain't talking about like dirt at the dirt track on Saturday night, you know, swinging a pipe wrench saying, come on, but I stop. But I am talking about this. We shouldn't just cower down. And, oh, no. and by the way, y'all pray for me. I'm speaking tomorrow night at the Graves County School Board. I got three minutes. I know what y'all are thinking, but I'm going to get it in. I got one person that's volunteered to give me her three minutes. I said, if you can get me three more, I think I can get it done. But the truth of the matter is, I'm saying he feared God, but he feared, listen, a compromised man is one who fears others' opinions more than they fear God. He said, I'm scared. I fear God, but I fear Ahab more. His intimidation, his dedication. I'm not going to read it for sake of time. But it talks about him hiding these 50 prophets, 100 prophets. And that's good that he did that. But guess what? He didn't want nobody to know he did it. And there's some people, they go to church, but they don't want nobody to know they go to church. Or they don't want to know what kind of church they go to. You go to a church, that preacher yells all the time, screams. Oh, yeah. You go to that ball game where that coach yells. You go, to, you go down there in the bowling alley where they scream, yeah. You go down there. Well, guess what? You come here and we're talking about heaven and hell and eternity. And, and, the, and the, I mean, that's just who I am. I can't help it. That's just the way I am. I may break out in it tomorrow night at the school board. Come on. Come on. 
they get my three minutes over. They might find out I don't need that mic. And I may end up in jail. Y'all help me out if I do. Got a few things on my heart. But anyhow, I'm saying this. He did things for God, but he didn't want nobody to know about it. Don't be a secret disciple. You understand? But then, his reservation. He never hesitated to do what Ahab wanted, but he hesitated to do what God wanted. That's a sign of a compromised man. How come if your boss says do it, you do it like that? But if God says do it, you know what, if we, were, if we were to have something, maybe the Lord led us in a certain way here at the church said, hey, this, the Lord's leading us this way. It's what we're going to do. I, and and, and it's, going, it's going to take a lot of faith. It's going to take a lot of prayer, a lot of sacrifice. And, 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 uh, and, and we just need to all trust God. We need to all do our part. I, you know, would you draw back and say, oh, I don't know. But, but if, if somebody out in the world says, okay, we're going to build a new this, or we're going to do a new that, and we're, we're so, okay, let's go, let's just borrow the money. I, I, just borrow more money. Just borrow. All that borrowing may catch up after a while. Yeah. <laughs> they come out to me and say, I'm going to do y'all like you've done China. Hey, we borrow billions from them, ain't paying them back. Hey. But anyway, see how that works. But, reservation, compromise, man. Now, now here's the last, I'm done, and I'm. I feel like I'm done pretty good. I'm trying to practice for tomorrow night. I may not even make it, to be honest with you, since how many yards I get moved. Brother Gavin's going to be in town, though. I think I'm going to take him with me. <laughs> I'm on the agenda for one thing, but, I mean, you know, I'm just going to go with whatever comes to my mind, but... Here's how you know a compromised man, his infatuation. You know what Obadiah was infatuated with? Listen, everybody get real still and quiet. Obadiah. He was infatuated with Obadiah. Look what he told. He goes on a rant to Elijah about himself. Look down there in verse number in verse number 12, first of all, he makes up this wild. He said, as, as soon as I'm gone from thee, the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee with her. I know it. He was a know-it-all. He said, I know what's going to happen before it happens. Now, by the way, God might have done that, but it hadn't happened yet. He doesn't come up with all these wild. And then in verse number, verse number, um, verse number 12, but I, thy servant, feared thy Lord from my youth. Now, Eli, look at, the, I've got to hurry. In verse number eight, and the answer said, or verse number, Seven, he said, Art thou my Lord, that my Lord Elijah? He said, I am. Go tell thy Lord. He said, He asked him, He said, Is that my Lord Elijah? He said, Go tell thy Lord Ahab. I ain't your Lord, what he was saying. You know what? His problem is he had too many lords. Elijah was Lord. Obadiah, uh, uh, Ahab's Lord, God's Lord. But guess who really the Lord was in his life? Obadiah was. He said in verse number 12, Ah, the servant fear of the Lord from you. Listen to me. If you serve God, fear God, honor God, obey God, you don't have to tell anybody else you do. <laughs> You'll stand out. You understand? No, you won't have to wear a sticker saying, I fear the Lord. I serve the Lord. I go to church. You don't have to. If you'll just live for God. We're in a dark world. You understand? I mean, this is a dark world we're in. If your light's shining, you ain't got to go around saying, my light's on, my light's on, my light's on. I got that new truck, and the thing I like about this is them bright, them headlights that I've been mad about for so long. I've got them now. 
And hey, don't, don't flick them because you think they're on high. They ain't on high. When they go on high beam, I'm talking about it, stars and stars. You just, but, but he's, he's saying, he's telling Elijah this. Now mind you, <laughs> Elijah, fire from heaven, Elijah, Brook Cherith, Elijah, prayed rain, didn't come for three years, Elijah, raised the boy from the dead, Elijah. You understand? Brooke, the, the, the barrel didn't run out, older, Elijah. I fear the Lord. How foolish is that? But then he says this in verse number 13. He can't stop there. He's gone a row. Kind of like me. Was it not told my Lord what I did? Let me tell you something. If you do something for the Lord, you don't want it told. You don't, and I've had people all the time that do something and they'll say, no, don't tell anybody. And guess what? If they tell me that, guess what? I don't tell nobody. Now here my former church that I pastored. I had someone do that one time. Now, y'all get this. This is funny. They did something like that. Now, I don't want nobody to know. And then they got mad because nobody knew. <laughs> Can't win for losing sometimes. But he says, did nobody tell you what I did? Did nobody tell you I hid those hundred prophets? Did nobody tell you that I come, went to church? Did nobody tell you I read my Bible? Did no, and, and, and listen, if you do testify in church, don't get up and start telling everybody what you, all you've done. It ain't about what I've done and you've done. It's about what the Lord's done. And he's going on. He said, I've done this. He said, he said I hid them. I fed them. I give them bread and water. Elijah, did nobody tell you? You know who? Oh, but I. And by the way, the reason he didn't want to tell Ahab is because he was afraid that he was going to die. He wasn't worried about Elijah dying. He's worried about himself time. What about Elijah? So Elijah, you're going to die. I'm the one that's wanting to kill and you're worried about you. <laughs> I know this is funny, but I'll be honest with you, all of us love us a little bit of ourselves. And if we're not careful, that part of us is be what ruins us. Keeps us from seeing God moving our lives. The good? Elijah. Let's follow his pattern. Patiently wait on the Lord. Personally listen to the Lord. Persistently walk for the Lord. Ahab, the corrupt. If you're Ahab tonight, you need to get saved. Let me just help you with that. You need to get saved. Ahab wasn't no backslider. He was a lost man. There's a big difference. Ahab never got caught. Never, never, there was no chastisement in his life. And by the way, that's the difference between saved and lost. But a lost person can, I mean, a saved person can do the same things a lost person do, but they can't get by. They always get caught. They always suffer consequences. But if you are Ahab tonight, I say repent, get saved. If you're one of them ones that's kind of in church, you're like Elijah. At school, you're like Obadiah. I mean, Ahab. At, at home, you're like Ahab. At work, you're like oh, uh, Elijah. Then guess where you are? You're Obadiah. Obadiah. Don't be ugly. Be right with the Lord.